0: prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see here. It is uh, 12 January 2020. Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And uh, last week I asked people if they had the ability to help the church in Kenya. Maybe it was two weeks ago, but I mentioned the church in Kenya had real damage because of uh, a bad storm and people sent in help. And I believe that we were able to meet the entire bill because of that. So I want to thank everybody that did that, that participated and helped out because uh, that church was in really bad shape when when they uh, had that uh, storm go through. And so, uh, thank you. Thank you to everybody that helped out with that. And then, um, we have, before we get into our first category, uh, I mentioned it last week, we are starting just a a short series on doctrine. And last week we did, uh, one on the word of God, because that is the basis of our faith. And this week we're going to be talking about God's sovereignty. And I kind of subtitled it, is it Calvinism or something else? And so, uh, Uh, If you're interested in finding out uh, concerning God's sovereignty, if Calvinism is right, or some other approach to uh, God's sovereignty, and as Jim said when he was opening us today, um, you have prophecy updates, and that's fine, but uh, God is the source of prophecy. And so if you're only watching prophecy updates, you're really not learning any theology, and you can be pulled down any funny avenue that uh, people tell you, and you have no reason to not believe them. So I would recommend that you uh, watch these doctrine sermons. But uh, there you go. God's sovereignty today. In our first category, as always, is Israel. From Globes, it was a record year for Israeli tourism despite the high prices. A record 4.5 million tourists visited Israel in 2019 compared with 4.1 million in 2018 and 3.6 million in 2017. So they're going up and up and up. And then back in 2016, it was only $2.89 So tourists spend an average of $1,400 per visit due to the numbers. That's a good lot of money. And the country's hotels are flourishing. So we're grateful for that. From JNS, Jewish fertility rate outstrips Arab one for the first time in Israel's history. That not that something? I never would have thought, never would I have thought that. But the Jewish fertility rate hit 3.05 children per woman in 2018 compared to 3.04 for Arab women. Only Israeli citizens were included in the survey. Israel began 2020 with 9,136,000 citizens of which Jews accounted for 74.1% and Arabs 21%. In the past decade, Israel's population has grown by 17.8% and is expected to top 10 million by the end of 2024. In 2019, 177,000 babies were born in Israel, 34,000 people immigrated to the country, and 45,000 people died. So there's your stats for the uh, previous year and uh, how things are going for Israel. I never would have expected those numbers. From Ynet, new IDF special ops unit. To go deep into enemy territory. Now, for the United States to do that, that's one thing. If you get caught, and uh, uh, you know, you, uh, you you know, the bad guys get you, they will probably barter to trade you, or probably not kill you. That doesn't mean they won't, but they probably won't. But Israel, they got so many enemies. For them to send people deep into enemy territory, it's kind of a death sentence if they get caught. So this is a, a got to be a really specialized unit. The IDF began work on its new special operations unit designed to go deep into enemy territory. The unit will be equipped with UAVs and be joined by teams from various other commando units. The first commando teams, alongside Air Force pilots, were mobilized to the new unit, which is still in its preliminary stages and is supposed to become operational within a year. The new unit will take a major part in IDF missions featuring ground maneuvering on the front line and will operate its own tanks. It will also operate deep within enemy territory, targeting valuable assets. The unit will be equipped with classified combat technologies, some of which are still in development alongside UAVs for a variety of missions, including marking targets, In addition, it will be based on highly trained infantry soldiers who will receive effective combat equipment that is adapted to the battlefield of the future. An IDF official said that this new unit is the first of its kind in the Israeli army and around the world. The establishment and operation of the multidimensional unit will have implications on structure and organization of other IDF units and lessons from it will be passed on to other units. The official said... The unit will operate with new abilities to track down, attack, and destroy the enemy. So that's good stuff. You know, anytime there's a movie about SEALs or, uh, you know, whatever, the British people, what, what, what are SAS? I tell you, anytime something like that, I love to watch it. I like that kind of stuff. So uh, the SAS in particular, I don't know if uh, any of you have ever seen the docuseries they did on them and what they have to go through just to become SAS. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. I'm telling you, you think the SEALs have got it bad? Those SAS guys have real training. But, uh, but it's a picnic for the SEALs. Either. Yeah, it's not a picnic for the SEALs either. You're right. But uh, I, I just was almost appalled at what I was watching these SAS guys go through. I mean, living in, they take them down to Indonesia where it's hot and stinky and they got to live on their own. You know they're bugs and everything down there cuts you when you're walking through the forest. And then they take them up to the very cold and they run them through that. And they got to go through all the extremes. And you know the seals may be as bad. I don't know, but I I can tell you what I saw in that docu series on the SAS was horrifying. All right, zero hedge. Greece, Israel, and Cyprus sign landmark East Med gas pipeline deal despite Turkey's wrath. The world is worried about one guy getting bombed in Iran, and these guys are working out this deal. That's good stuff. Long in the works, but coming at a geopolitically sensitive moment for the region, giving expanding Turkish maritime claims, the East Med gas pipeline deal was signed between the countries of Greece, Cyprus, and Israel. The three signed the deal to build a 1180-mile subsea pipeline to transport supplies from the rapidly advancing gas fields of the eastern Mediterranean to Europe, a massive undertaking to supply the energy-hungry Europe, the East Med pipeline project was first proposed by Greek energy minister Yanis Maniatis in 2014 and has since been hailed as the longest and deepest gas pipeline in the world. At an initial estimated cost of $6.627 billion, it will be financed by private companies and institutional lenders. The underground subsea pipeline is proposed to connect Israel via Cyprus to Greece and Italy in a massive construction project estimated to take five or six years to complete and which once online is expected to initially pump 10 billion cubic meters of gas per year. Predictably, Turkey is actively opposing the projects given its own expanding oil and gas exploration claims, which have now completely surrounded Cyprus and have even cut into Greece's exclusive economic zone as well. Although Turkey opposes the project, the countries aim to reach a final investment decision by 2022 and have the pipeline completed by 2025 to help Europe diversify its energy resources. This is going to be a real problem between Turkey and them, and it's coming soon. We'll keep an eye on it. From YNET, Turkey slams gas pipeline deal signed between Israel, Greece, and Cyprus. The signature of the agreement on the East Med natural gas pipeline project is the latest instance of futile steps aiming to exclude Turkey and TRNC in the region, said the ministry in a statement. Any project disregarding Turkey, who has the longest coastline in the eastern Mediterranean and the Turkish Cypriots, who have equal rights over the natural resources of the island of Cyprus, cannot succeed, they say. Now, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Christian news today, I got a couple things to say. Phil Kaufman, somebody I hear from, from time to time, he has caught up on every sermon that we have put out, every single one of them, which is hundreds, 300, 340, 50, I don't know. And, uh, Scott Gilkison in Penn Forest, Pennsylvania said he has finished all of the Genesis sermons. So, uh, I want to congratulate both of them on that. And then, uh, Isaac in Uganda, I said this during the Bible study on Thursday, and I'd like to say it for anybody that, uh, watches the prophecy updates or the sermons. He, uh, emailed me this past week and he said, listen, we had a visitor from the Superior Word, a guy that attends from up north, Ray Delbury, went there for a month this past year. And Isaac was so blessed by that. They have, you know, this ministry that uh, uh, is growing over in Uganda. But he said that we learn from people coming. He said, if people want to come and visit us, we would appreciate it. He says, you don't need to bring any money. We're not asking people to bring money just to come and give us your thoughts on Christianity, on, uh, you know, how the church is comprised, and all of these type of things. And plus, you'll learn something about our culture, and you'll see the things that we're doing. He openly invites anybody that wants this. So I would ask that uh, if that's something the Lord puts on your heart to go to Uganda, please let me know, and I'll hook you up with Isaac. And uh, I know he would be blessed, and you would be as well. Even if you went for just, say, 10 days or two weeks, it would be a great time. But uh, Isaac does uh, appreciate visitors, and he's hoping he'll get some more Uh, from Christian headlines today. Jesus' film in sign language will reach 70 million people with the gospel. Good news. The estimated 70 million deaf people around the world who communicate by signing could have a Jesus film in their own heart language within several years, thanks to a crowdfunded project by Deaf Missions and the Jesus Film Project. The ministries have raised 746,000 of the 4.8 million needed to fund the project, which will involve actors and actresses signing with American Sign Language, which is used by 70 million people worldwide. As of now, deaf people must rely on closed captioning to watch a movie about Jesus. Chad Entengar of Deaf Mission said a Jesus movie with sign language would make a major impact in spreading the gospel. It would be the first movie of its kind. Deaf Mission's Jesus film would use native singers to bring the story of Jesus to life, a deaf perspective for a deaf audience. It will be a full-length movie. 10-Minute Pilot has already been filmed. You can watch that right online. Just go to their website. And a lack of resources for the deaf is a critical barrier between the deaf and the gospel of Jesus. Technological advances make the distribution of resources to the deaf more possible now than ever before. So good stuff. My daughter is a signer. She went to college specifically for that. And so I got a little place in my heart for that. But uh, great stuff there. From Zero Hedge Europe... Anti-Christian attacks reached all-time high in 2019. You you would never know that from the mainstream media, but anti-Christian hostility is sweeping across Western Europe, where during 2019, Christian churches and symbols were deliberately attacked day after day. The research shows that roughly 3,000 Christian churches, schools, cemeteries, and monuments were vandalized, looted, or defaced in Europe during 2019. And that's to be expected when they import all those people from there, but there you go, which is on track to becoming a record year for anti-Christian sacrilege on the continent. Violence against Christian sites is most widespread in France, where churches, schools, cemeteries, and monuments are being vandalized. Desecrated and burned at an average rate of three per day, according to the government statistics. In Germany, attacks against Christian churches are occurring at an average of two per day, according to police blotters. Attacks on Christian churches and symbols are also commonplace in Belgium, Britain, Denmark, Ireland, Italy, and Spain. The attacks overwhelmingly involve Roman Catholic sites and symbols, although in Germany, Protestant churches are also being targeted. The perpetrators of anti-Christian attacks, which include acts of arson, defecation, desecration, looting, mockery, profanation, Satanism, theft, urination, and vandalism, are rarely caught. Mm-hmm. When they are, police and media often censor information about their identities and ethnic backgrounds. We see that week after week when I highlight that, and they always say, and then what do they do when it's a Muslim and they've gone out? Asian. Well, yeah, they either call him Asian or they say he had mental problems, and so that's, but they will not acknowledge what they have done to themselves, and they're, they're blinding themselves. (laughs) Anyway, many suspects are said to have mental, there it is, mental disorders. As a result, many anti-Christian attacks are not categorized as hate crimes. In France and Germany, the spike in anti-Christian attacks dovetails with the recent mass immigration from the Muslim world. The lack of official statistics on perpetrators and motives makes it impossible to know precisely how many attacks can be attributed to Muslim and anti-Christian or the jihadist cause. There you go with that. From Christian headlines, new Church of England archbishop believes Christian views on sexuality should be adapted to fit the culture. This is the new archbishop. This no longer has any meaning at all. I don't know when it did, but it has no meaning at all in the uh, Anglican church. And uh, this is just another evidence of where we're heading in the world. The latest senior appointee in the COE has made some startling remarks about the relevance of the Bible in our modern culture. Stephen Cottrell, the incoming Archbishop of York, made the controversial comments back in 2017 after the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, called for a radical new Christian inclusion. Amongst the Anglican communion, I'm not sure the church has ever before had to face the challenge of being seen as immoral by the culture in which it is set, he said. On same-sex marriage, Cottrell noted that taking a strictly biblical view can actually legitimize homophobia in others. What we can do is recognize that what we know now about human development and human sexuality requires us to look again At those texts, I guarantee you they have not changed. They were written 2,000 years ago and they have not changed to see what they are actually saying to our situation. I can tell you, just go to Romans 1 and read it. For what we know now is not what was known then. They had the same dysfunctions back then as they have now. This guy is delusional and he is, this is Satan all over the place running wild. MSN. It's something that uh, has made every new service in the world because it's a big denomination, but whatever. United Methodist Church is expected to split over gay marriage, fracturing the nation's third largest denomination. I'm not going to talk about it in any detail. There's not any need to, but uh, they are splitting and it's all because of the gay homosexual issue. And even the churches that are opposed to that still hold on to things that they should not be teaching, okay? This, this is what guides us, not, you know, doctrines and not, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, books of yeah, books of discipline in the UMC and those type of things. Anything that is written by man can be amended by man. The word of God comes from God and it cannot be amended. God does not change. We're going to find out about that today. God's sovereignty, he does not change. There's no change in him and uh, this is just the way it is. But there you go. From Islam Today, from I24, Erdogan says, Turkish soldiers have begun deploying to Libya. This is earlier in the week, but I got some several articles on this particular issue. Turkish President Erdogan said, Turkish soldiers have begun deploying to Libya after parliament approved such a move last week. Our soldiers' duty there is coordination. Yeah, I bet. They will develop the operation center there, Erdogan said. Turkey's objective was not to fight, but to support the legitimate government and avoid a humanitarian tragedy. They will be fighting in 15 minutes once they get their base established. From Al Arabiya, Libyan National Army says it is ready to repel the Turkish invasion. The Libyan National Army, that's under Haftar, who we've talked about several times, um, is said to ready to repel the Turkish invasion and that its navy is prepared to take control of the country's coastline. We have reached full capability and we have our navy ready to control and secure the country's coastline. Our air bases and advanced air defense means are also at full capacity, as proven when we shot down several Turkish aircraft. The Libyan parliament voted unanimously to cut ties with Turkey and close embassies in the two countries. General Khalifa Haftar, there he is, launched an offensive to capture the Libyan capital of Tripoli in April, vowing to end the rule of militias that include hardline groups linked to Al-Qaeda and others. General Haftar has reportedly received, here it is, support from international allies opposed to extremism and the Muslim Brotherhood a group that had free access into the White House for the previous eight years before our current president and who our previous president did his best to have take over Turkey and all of North Africa. And you can see exactly what's been going on here and the picture that is being drawn out. He was supporting Iran. He was supporting these people. And because of that, this world is in really, really bad shape right now and people just think, oh, it's okay. It's, you know, Everything's going along fine. This is going to be a powder cake, and it's going to ignite, and it's exactly what the Bible says in Ezekiel 38 and 39. These exact countries are lining up right now, and they will be coming against Israel, and I don't think it's too far off, and when I say that, I'm not trying to give a date or anything. I'm just saying that these countries are very quickly falling into place, and with these Uh, gas wells that Israel is now actually employing and utilizing and talking about sending gas to uh, Europe. This is not going to go over well with these nations. So there you go. Al-Arabiya again. Saudi Arabia condemns Turkish parliament approval of troop deployment to Libya. Saudi Arabia is not coming against Israel. They're recorded as staying where they're at. And so you can see they're condemning this. The kingdom condemns the approval of the Turkish parliament to send military forces to Libya considering it a violation of the Security Council resolutions issued on Libya and undermining the international efforts to solve the Libyan crisis. The kingdom affirms that this Turkish escalation constitutes a threat to security and stability in Libya and a threat to Arab and regional security as it interferes in the internal affairs of an Arab country in flagrant violation of international principles and norms scary stuff there, but uh, if Saudi Arabia is against it, then you can see how clearly what the Bible says is coming is actually falling into place. From the Guardian, Libyan General Khalifa Haftar's forces seize key city of Sirte. Libyan forces loyal to the eastern-based commander Khalifa Haftar said they had taken control of the strategic coastal city of Sirte in a rapid advance preceded by airstrikes. Holding cert would be an important gain for Haftar, who since April has been waging a military offensive on the capital, Tripoli, home to Libya's internationally recognized government of National Accord, or the GNA. And then from the APA, Hassan Rouhani, Iran and Turkey should join forces to oppose the United States. Iran and Turkey. Well, you just throw in Russia and you throw in Libya and uh, the Sudan and you've got the entire coalition that is coming against Israel. And Israel is aligned perfectly with the United States. And so you can see how these things are just perfectly lining up. Interesting, interesting days that we're living in. From Mail Online, Muslim population of England passes the 3 million mark for the first time as the numbers of Christians continue to decline, figures reveal. Estimates said that Muslims are the fastest growing faith group in the country, Christians continued to decline in number. The scale of the Jewish and Buddhist shares of the population remained stable. There you go. And then just a tweet from somebody called Peter Sweden, at Peter Sweden 7. He said, Sweden, 236 bombings in 11 months, 78 rapes per 100,000 people. Poland, zero bombings, three rapes per 100,000 people. Hungary, zero bombings, 3.9 rapes per 100,000 people. And then he asks, Why the difference? (laughs) From Mongolia today, from Worthy News, Russian Christians reach out to Mongolia where Christianity is resurrecting. Russian Christians are answering the call to take the gospel to Mongolia, one of the most sparsely populated and least reached countries in the world. 26 years after the fall of communism left, only 10 believers in the country— 46 Russian Christians, led by Russian evangelist Pavel Barsokov, recently went into the landlocked country to bring the good news, where there are now 60,000 believers. What I am attempting to do is to raise a new generation of Russian believers who will have an understanding of Christ's love for the world and the role they must play in bringing that good news to the unreached at some of the evangelistic camps that had been set up in the country of 3 million people some children said that they had never even heard of God before imagine that Daniel 12 technology today science news just one long article quantum jitter lets heat travel across a vacuum now that might not sound like a lot of interesting stuff for you but it is in the application I'll get to at the end why it'll help you out For the uh, first time, scientists have measured the heat transferred by the quantum effervescence of empty space. Two tiny vibrating membranes reached the same temperature despite being separated by a vacuum. The result is the first experimental demonstration of a predicted but elusive type of heat transfer. Normally, a vacuum prevents most types of heat transfer, but that helps a vacuum sealed thermos keep coffee piping hot for example but quantum mechanics gives you a new way for heat to go through a vacuum for distances on scale of nanometers. so we're not talking about a big distance we're talking about just very small distances. heat can be transferred through a vacuum via quantum fluctuations a kind of churning of transient particles and fields that occurs even in empty space. Made of gold-coated silicon nitride, the two membranes each measured about 300 micrometers across. We're talking about really small stuff here, okay? The researchers cooled one membrane and heated the other to a temperature difference of about 25 degrees Celsius. That heat translated into a drum head-like motion of the membranes. The warmer the membrane, the more vigorously it vibrated. When the membranes were brought within a few hundred nanometers of one another separated by nothing but empty space their temperatures equalized indicating that heat had transferred between them. Heat typically travels through three main pathways Anybody know the three main pathways of heat transfer? No? Radiation, Radiation? Uh, Convection, convection? And, um... Conduction You got two of them, you get a Maserati Good job Conduction describes heat transfer via direct contact of materials, whereas convection is heat transfer arising from motions of gases or liquids like hot air rising. Those two don't apply for empty space. But radiation, heat transfer via electromagnetic waves, can occur across a vacuum, as in the sun warming the earth. Now, the researchers say they've experimentally shown another mechanism by which heat can make it across a vacuum. Though the effect is significant over only very small distances, this new type of heat transfer could be harnessed to improve performance of nanoscale devices. Heat is a huge issue in nanotechnology. The performance of the tiny circuits found in cell phones and other electronics is limited by how fast the device can dissipate heat. So if you're a cell phone owner, which will never be a problem with me, but if you are, they now have something that can dissipate the heat much quicker for you. That's really interesting revelation plagues. Zero Hedge says, Australian police say arsonists and lightning to blame for bushfires, not climate change. Obviously so. We talked about that. Now it's confirmed. Zero Hedge again, nearly 200 people arrested across Australia for deliberately starting bushfires. This is over a period of time. I think it's 24 that they've gotten recently, but Authorities in Australia have arrested close to 200 people for deliberately starting the bushfires that have devastated the country, yet the media and celebrities continue to blame climate change for the disaster. The fires have caused at least 18 deaths, destroyed thousands of homes, millions of hectares of land, and killed hundreds of millions of animals. They now believe it's up to a billion animals have been torched. A total of 183 people have been arrested by police in Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, and Tasmania for lighting bushfires over the last few months. In New South Wales, 24 people were arrested for arson, risking prison sentences of up to 25 years. In Queensland, police concluded that 103 of the fires had been deliberately lit, with 98 people, 67 of them juveniles, having been identified as the culprits the link between arsonists and the deadly fires that devastate Australia every summer is well known and well documented, with the rate of deliberately lit fires escalating rapidly during the school holiday period. So you just take away their holiday and you won't have this problem then. About 85% are related to human activity, 13% are confirmed arson, and 37% suspected arson. The remainder are usually due to reckless fire lighting or even just children playing with fire. New environmental policies that restrict prescribed burning where landowners burn off flammable ground cover in cooler months in a controlled manner so it doesn't contribute to bushfires have also exacerbated the problem. Exactly what happened in California. The lefties got out there and they said, we don't want any of this burning going on. And because of that, they've got stuff that has grown that isn't controlled, and now it's just catching on fire. Like, leave it up to the left to destroy everything good in this world. All right? God has given us brains to manage land. And when we don't use those brains because we're on the left side of something, this is what's going to happen. So I'll read that again, just so you understand. New environmental policies that restrict prescribed burning, where landowners burn off flammable ground cover in cooler months in a controlled manner so that it doesn't contribute to bushfires have also exacerbated the problem, and they have demonstrated perfectly that California's problems were because of the environmental policies of the left. That's why they had those problems out there, and they will continue to until they get them resolved. From Morality this week, from Fox, Florida newlyweds use coin toss, anybody hear this? Uh To decide their last name. This is a new fad, I guess, or they probably are the uh, ones starting it out. For these Florida newlyweds, it was all left up to chance. Jeff Conley and Darcy Ward married at Wakula Springs, but when it came time to announce the pair's official married name, the couple let a coin toss decide their future. At the altar, Conley and Ward flipped a coin engraved with each of their surnames. The coin landed on Ward officially deciding that the two would be known as Mr. Jeff Ward and Mrs. Darcy Ward henceforth. The unusual last name toss was actually Jeff's idea. He said, it's fair. I'm a graduate student in economics at Florida State and I think about fairness. You could say, I won, Jeff told the Post. I was the one who received something new. This guy's changing his name to his wife's name. This is only going to become a greater and greater problem in our country. But, Darcy, too, was more than happy with the outcome, I bet, being with someone who was willing to start the marriage from a creative and teamwork and fair place felt like a really good first step toward an equal partnership, Darcy said. And they ought to pull out their Bible and see what it says about those type of things. Mail online, John Mill, cancels Candace Owens' appearance on her podcast as she accuses her of inciting hatred with only women can give birth. Tweet about transgender couple. So she says only women can give birth, and they cancel her her uh, TV interview. Mail Online: Marvel is set to debut its first transgender superhero in a movie shooting right now. As fans speculate, the character will appear in the next Thor. Okay, and then a couple days later, this article, Mail Online, Marvel Studios won't be debuting a trans character very soon, despite recent claims by studio president Kevin Feige. So are they doing it or are they not doing it? But one side says yes, one side says no, and we'll see where that goes. Mail Online, Illinois generates $3.2 million in marijuana sales on the first day of recreational use as state become the 11th to legalize pot. It's the nation going down the tubes here. Fox, Illinois pot shops can't keep up with demand after state legalizes recreational use. And from discern, abortion was the leading cause of death worldwide in 2019 with 42 million humans killed. Our other category, zero hedge. Does anybody know what, what this is? I love you. Yes, it's sign language. I love you. Okay. There you go. I just thought of that right now when we got the sign language and people like to say, "Oh, that's Baphomet or whatever." It just means I love you. That's all it means. Okay. What somebody's going to do though is they're going to take a screenshot of me doing that and they're going to put on their Charlie's a Satanist and post it all over Facebook and can or something. Post this yeah, and do this afterward. That's I you know, I was I did that. I said, "Man, it's okay with me." And somebody got angry at me about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Zero hedge. <laughs> Demographic Armageddon. Japan's birth drops to lowest since 1874. I mentioned this last week. I wanted to give you the title in case you want to read the article. Very good article. As deaths hit highest since World War II. The old people are just, they're leaving and the young are not having children. It's almost, I've watched some, you know, I like to watch things about Japan and it's almost become a sexless society. They just, they're so into cell phones and stuff that they just don't even care about each other anymore. You know what happened a day ago? I was driving down the road, actually it's been probably a week now. I was driving down the road and there were some folks that were holding their hands as they were walking. And I, I had to go back home because I forgot my iPad coming to Thursday night Bible class. And um, anyway, I pulled back out and they were still walking down the road holding their hands. And I stopped and rolled down my window and I said, I want to thank you for doing that. I said, You don't see anybody holding hands anymore. Nobody does it. You got husband talking on one phone, wife talking on another, or, you know, they're doing something other than spending time together. And so I actually stopped and thanked them, and they were so appreciative of that. Anyway, there you go. Zero Hedge, Happy New Year. New census data shows Illinois lost population for the sixth year in a row. Illinois population fell by 51,000 in 2019, the second most in the nation. Only New York lost more people than Illinois. Illinois had the third worst loss as a percentage of population. From Zero Hedge. So many people have fled California, the state may lose multiple seats in Congress. Ha! California's poised. The problem is they leave these places and then they come to nice places like Texas and Florida and they vote Democrat. They get themselves right back into where they were. Yeah, ah, hello. All right. California is poised to lose multiple congressional seats after the 2020 census for the first time in the state's history, thanks to an exodus of more than 200,000 people between 2018 and 2019, according to the LA Times. Top destinations include Texas, Arizona, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, and Colorado. New York, Illinois, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Louisiana also saw large losses to other states. From NBC, more than 9,300 stores closed this year, up 63% from 2018. So there you go. Amazon is just destroying the uh, little mom and pop stores. But they did acknowledge that a lot of these are in malls that are just, malls are out. Yeah. From Fox News, top five most outrageous 2020 doomsday predictions that didn't pan out. You know, 2020 is one of those numbers people have been picking for years and saying this is going to happen. Here we go. Number one, the U.S. may warm six degrees Fahrenheit from 1990 to 2020. In 1990, the Washington Post reported didn't happen. Two, oil will effectively run out by 2020. That was the New York Times reported in 1989. It didn't happen. Number three, by 2020, no glaciers will be left on Mount Kilimanjaro. Christian Lambrex, an officer at the U.N. Environmental Program, told CNN in 2003. Didn't happen. Four, a billion people will starve due to missing the tech revolution. In 2000, that was Discover Magazine. Didn't happen. You know, one thing about the tech revolution is that we... In America and some of the other countries that developed, you know, through the uh, industrial revolution, etc., we put in like telephone lines and we had to go through a learning curve. You start with, uh, uh, you know, one of, I got one at home, a candlestick telephone, and then eventually they got the type with the two things on it. And then you got the uh, rotary and then you got the uh, push button and then you started to get into other types of phones. And now they're this big and you can talk to anybody in the world. Africa and these other third world countries didn't have to go through that. They went immediately from no phones to everybody having a cell phone. And so they benefited in a great way, and it's exactly the opposite of what these thinkers thought. Anyway, our fifth one. By 2020, millions will die from climate change. That was Reuters. Newswire ran this headline in 1997. Millions will die unless climate policies change. You didn't call it climate change. Didn't happen. No, it wasn't climate change back then because uh, it was... Uh, we had global cooling, yeah. and then we had acid rain, and yeah. then we had um, ozone uh, yeah ozone depletion. We've had global warming. Uh, we had the uh, uh, polar vortex. I mean, they just keep pulling names up just to justify their uh, crazy stances on things. But Zero Hedge, Venezuela is fast becoming the world's biggest refugee crisis. Mm-hmm. We, we've heard nothing but... Terrible stuff coming out of Syria for, what, three, four, five years? Don't hear anything out of this country because it doesn't fit the narrative. According to the UN data, Venezuela is fast becoming the world's biggest refugee crisis. By the end of 2020, 6.5 million Venezuelans are expected to have been forcibly displaced outside of their home country. This is up from just 300,000 in 2017. Imagine that, how many people have been displaced in just two years. Syria, the biggest global refugee crisis to date, reached its height in 2018 with 6.7 million displaced people. With resettlement programs ongoing, that number is expected to have been reduced to 5.6 by the end of 2019 and much further in 2020. While the number of Syrian refugees and those in a refugee-like situation had been rising since 2011, Statista's Katharina Buchholz notes that Venezuelan refugee numbers jumped up quickly, testing the preparedness of humanitarian organizations in the region. Brookings Institution, which analyzed the data, notes that compared to the Syrian crisis, the Venezuela refugee situation is severely underfunded putting the lives of hundreds of thousands of people at risk because of the lack of food and medical assistance. From Fox, Venezuela's currency is so worthless, it's mostly being used for making crafts. You want to have a nice basket made out of money? That's what people are doing with it. Zero Hedge, gig workers. You know what a gig worker is? Somebody that just works temporarily like a gig in a music band or a gig, you know, driving taxis. Gig workers big win in California. They went for this law to pass, you know, we're going to protect the the, uh, Californians by passing more laws. Their big win was being fired. In September 2019, the media company Vox ran the headline, Gig Workers Win in California is a Victory for Workers Everywhere. They were referring to a new law in California which classified gig workers and contractors as employees. The story was that by classifying workers as contractors instead of employees, companies like Uber and Lyft got away with not providing employee benefits required under California law. Then, just before Christmas, Vox showed us what the law really meant when it fired 200 California-based freelance writers. Vox helped sell the public the lie that laws like these force companies to absorb freelancers as employees, but in reality, it means they get Fired. There you go. Let's leave it to the left. From the Washington Examiner, Trump list shows 319 results and promises kept in three years. 319 in three years. No president in history of the United States has ever had so many promises kept as our president right now. From the Epic Times, Trump can use the $3.6 billion in military funds for the border wall. The ruling came less than a month after Judge David Briones, a Bill Clinton appointee, issued a permanent nationwide injunction against using the funds. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals granted a stay of the Texas judge's injunction as the case continues. Ronald Reagan appointee Judith Edith Jones and Trump appointee Judge Andrew Oldham ruled to block the lower court's ruling while Judge Stephen Higginson, a Barack Obama appointee, Dissented. You can see how important it is that he is getting these judicial nominees actually put into the judiciary. It's great what the Senate is doing for our president right now, and they are realigning the courts in this nation. Okay, we have a lesser here for you. We'll see if you can figure out what they're writing about today. They're growing at a wild rate. It's certainly not because of fate. God said, count the stars. You'll outnumber by far. It just shows that the hour is late. That's referring to the, uh, the uh, Jews having more children. There you go. Okay, got three ironies today. I threw in an extra one because it's all dealing with animals. Okay, this is called wildlife. The first one, Mail Online, ruffling feathers. Cops arrive at a Florida home after neighbors mistake parrot for a woman screaming. <laughs> the reason why I included that, because it doesn't really fit with the other two, is because that happened to Charlie Garrett. My macaw was screaming, as it always does. And it was in the evening, and I had the cops come and knock on the door. And, yeah, they thought I was beating my kids or something. I said, come on in. Spend some time with my macaw. You'll find out about it. They were like, oh, we're leaving here. That thing is (laughs) is a noisy bird. Yeah, anyway, that actually happened to me. Okay, then from the Buffalo News. Injured deer crashes into Springville taxidermy shop. He was looking to get himself a... Stuffed, I guess. And then from mail online, that really is fresh beef. Bull charges into a butcher's shop during festival in northern Spain. Yes, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.